The Last Word with Matt Cooper. Today FM. It all happens here. Today FM. We're joined now by the Minister for Finance, Pascal Donoghue. Minister, thank you very much for joining us on the programme today. As a politician forged in the austerity era, did you ever expect to be in a position where you'd be throwing around so much money as the Minister for Finance? Uh, I never expected to be in a situation uh, that I or the country would be confronted with the consequences, first of a pandemic, uh, then the economic consequences of a major war in Europe. Uh, And while the experience of our country being uh, so badly affected by the global financial crisis does prepare you for much, I didn't anticipate that a few years later we'd be dealing with such unexpected events, which is why a core element of the budget today was also putting money in the National Reserve Fund. Yeah, how much money is being put aside? We're putting €2 billion into it in 2022 and a further €4 billion into it in 2023. So by the end of next year, it'll be £6 Uh, Before we moved into dealing with the pandemic, we were due to put half a billion euro per year in. So we've put a very substantial amount of money into this fund uh, to deal with the medium term risk that we could have with regard to corporate tax receipts and also to give us additional firepower for what 2023 and beyond could yet bring. But what about the people who say they need you to spend that money on them now, that they're struggling to pay their bills and that you could use that two billion this year, four billion next year to help alleviate those? So I go back to the question that you put to me regarding uh, the aftermath of austerity and the effect that that had on so many. And also the fact that we've seen in recent years that the unexpected, the near impossible can happen again and again. And I want to be in a position that if we get into other moments of challenge, we're able to help, we're able to respond back. But even with putting the €6 billion aside, the measures that I've announced today, for example, mean that if you are a couple uh, with, let's say, two kids with one wage earner on €35,000, the measures that we're bringing forward between the one-off and the taxation changes would deliver €2,400 to that family. So what we are trying to do, Matt, is get the balance right between helping but not adding to inflation and recognising that more could yet come to. But is there a sense that, okay, this is nothing like the scale of what's happening with the Tories and their mini-budget last Friday, but that there is a bias towards the better off, and particularly if you do have things like your €600 in energy credits going to every household, irrespective of income, that that, in a sense, is favouring the better off? Absolutely not. Uh, There are a number of crucial differences between the budget I've delivered with Michael McGrath and the budget that you saw there last week. The first one is we're not borrowing any money to do this. Uh, Not only are we paying for that of the taxes that we have, but we're setting aside some of those taxes to put that into a reserve fund for the future. And secondly, in the fairness test, the progressivity test, so in other words, who gets what, depending on the level of income that you have, those who have the least get the most. And the reason for that is even though we do use the energy credit of €200, that is worth more to those who earn less. And we have added to that then by additional targeted payments, such as, for example, the working family payments, such as an increase in the carer's allowance, to deliver that progressivity and fairness that I believe is an essential feature of a budget. But there are a lot of people in what they regard themselves as the squeezed middle who feel that they're left out, that lower paid do get certain benefits, 
but they don't get it. They just don't qualify. And yet they feel far from being well off. Which is why I've made the change in our personal taxation rates. It's the reason why now we've increased the rate at which you pay the higher rate of income tax uh, from approximately just over €36,000 to now €40,000. So anybody who is earning less than €40,000 in Ireland will not be paying the higher, higher rate of income tax. And the main reason that the government made this change is we accept that there are a growing number of people who are on what they feel and what is a normal wage, but that money is going uh, not buying them what it used to and travelling less and less. And we made that change because they don't get the social welfare benefits or support because they're targeted, but they need changes through the tax system. And that's why we made that change. Now, for most people, the biggest expenditure every month is on their housing. And if they have a mortgage, they're going to face into higher interest repayments over the next year and probably the next few years. If they're renting, they're paying extraordinarily high amounts at present. Why haven't you done more for renters when it comes to giving them some sort of tax benefit? Well, I respectfully make the case that we have brought forward a budget that does uh, recognise the pressures that in particular uh, tenants are facing at the moment, that renters are facing. And that is why we've brought forward a budget that has a €500 tax credit in it for this year, for rent paid this year, and the same measure for next year. And it's available per taxpayer. And we've done that because I do recognise that due to private landlords leaving the rental sector, due to challenges with the availability of private rental accommodation, rents are going up quickly and have been high for some time. And I've brought that change in in recognition of that. But is a tax credit of €500 enough? Because by some calculations, as against what would have been there in the past, it's about a third of it. And if you're paying an average over 2000 a month in rent, is a €500 tax credit really going to be worth much to you? Sure, I, I, I really do understand that point. And at a time in which rents are going up so quickly, I do understand why somebody could say to me, as you have, what about 500 Why can't the government do more? But I guess, Matt, you can make that point about all of the different changes that we have made today. Even though we have made changes, the case will always be made that we should do more and we should spend more. And what I would say in in anticipation of that is, firstly, if we spend more, we will be spending money that I'm not sure we might have next year or the year beyond. And the last thing I want to do or see this government do is make a change this year that we have to undo next, that we find we can't afford in a few months' time or a few years' time. And that is why I believe there is a case for buddy money in the reserve fund. And we also don't want to be in a situation that we spend so much money within our economy, which is the taxpayers' money, that it adds to the inflationary pressure that we have in the economy and we become poorer for longer. So we're trying to get a balanced mass. I completely understand why many might want the balance to go in a different way. But the budget doesn't have to just work today. It has to work for the year to come. Well, stick with the housing and this vacant homes tax that you're going to introduce in 2023. Is that a measure designed to raise money or is it a measure designed to persuade the owners of properties to put them to better use? It's really the latter. Uh, the actual revenue that we will gain through a measure like this uh, is a number of millions of euro. And the reason for that is from the analysis that we've done that we published there earlier on in the year. While there are a number of vacant properties within our country, 
there is a good reason why many of them are vacant. So, for example, you could have somebody in a nursing home uh, and their property currently doesn't have anybody in it. There may well have been, a, for example, a family difficulty that may lead to a family home not being occupied for a while. The, va the, pro the property might be about to be sold and there could be nobody in it. And what we are trying to do is once you strip out those genuine reasons and legitimate reasons as to why a home may be vacant for a short period of time, we're trying to change the incentives for the rest of the homes that are left to bring them back into use. So, of course, any money that it raises will be spent and spent well, but I'd prefer to see it collect less with more vacant houses and apartments turned into homes. Have you any target for the numbers of houses and apartments that could be brought back into use? So not at this point, mass and truth, uh, because this is a new measure for us to bring forward. Uh, what it will be is a new tax that is equal to three times what you would normally pay in local property tax. And we're just going to monitor it to see what impact it has. I believe it will make a difference, but I wouldn't like to put a forecast out yet because it's a new tax measure for us. How eagerly, though, will it be pursued? Because there have been situations in the past, particularly in relation to vacant and derelict properties, where the owners have been able to get off the hook quite easily. It'll be this tax, unlike the vacant property levy, will be levied by the Revenue Commissioner and it is based on, and in fact it is, part of the local property tax regime. And we're actually uh, fortunate uh, in the local property tax to have a very, very high degree of compliance with us. So this will be a completely different kind of uh, uh, animal to the vacant property tax, to the uh, derelict site levy. And I'm confident it will be well implemented. It is on a self-declaration basis, but it will be overseen by the revenue. Well, let's talk about the revenue a little bit, and particularly with the introduction of this temporary business energy support scheme, because I presume it's very important to you to keep as many jobs as possible so that people have the income from their jobs, pay their income tax, are not looking for social welfare. But in many cases, they're going to be dependent on their employers remaining in business. How exactly is this temporary business energy support scheme really going to work? So how it will work, Mass, is we will ask employers to provide their bill, let's say, for the month of October. And if the bill for electricity or gas it's gone up on a per unit basis by more than 50% versus the same bill in uh, last year that will get them into the scheme. Once they go into the scheme, we will then uh, send through the Revenue Commissioner what is in effect a credit equal to 40% of the excess bill that they ha are now paying. So by the amount the bill has gone up, we will pay 40% of that excess up to a maximum of €10,000 per bill per month. So I'm not saying we can cover all the energy costs, because we can't. Uh, but it sounds I, very complicated, Minister. Uh, well, actually, if I look at other schemes that I've overseen, like the Employment Wage Subsidy Scheme, uh, that were really successful, that saved so many jobs during COVID, the entry criteria into this scheme is an awful lot simpler than other schemes that we've had. But we do need some checkpoints, and it does need to be a scheme that you have to meet criteria to go into. And the reason for that, Matt, is because the cost of this. Uh, we have to have a cap, uh, because as much as I want to help with the support of jobs and the protection of employer employment, I can't open a blank checkbook and pretend that we can pay for anything. 
And even with this measure, the cost of this, we believe, over a six-month period will be €1.2 billion, Euro, where it will actually make it the biggest measure of any, for example, of the one-off measures that we've brought forward. OK, the one-off measures that you had during the COVID period, a lot of companies warehouse debt, and they're not reporting quietly because of a certain fear of the revenue, but they're telling their tax advisors who are telling journalists that the revenue has been very aggressive in going after people, almost on the basis of a suspicion that people have not been entirely honest about their tax debts. I mean, is the revenue in danger, perhaps, of with an overly aggressive approach putting good businesses out of business? The revenue is firm because they collect the money uh, that we all need to pay for our public services and look after our country, particularly at a time like this. But while they're firm and frequently demanding, uh, I don't believe uh, the uh, description of them being aggressive in trying to collect tax that we've now allowed to be deferred for many years is is appropriate. Uh, uh, The revenue are handling this on a case-by-case basis. And the reason they're handing this on a case-by-case basis is to give flexibility employer by employer to allow the tax to be paid back, which we need, but to give the employer every chance of being viable and continuing to survive. One last thing I want to ask you about is hotels and restaurants and the restoration of the 13.5% VAT rate from the existing rate of 9%. It has been suggested that you were very critical in meetings with them recently of what you saw as price gouging particularly in Dublin. But two things arise out of that. One, are rural hotels and restaurants ending up suffering because of the actions of their urban counterparts? And secondly, at a time when a lot of these restaurants, hotels, cafes are going to have these massively bigger bills and are going to have people perhaps less willing to go there because of their own restricted income, are you actually now, by putting up the VAT, going to perhaps administer the debt knell to some of them? I, I was really disappointed with some of the pricing that I saw uh, in our country during the summer for people that were still holidaying at home and also for people who were visiting our country and able to come here for the first time in a couple of years. I was disappointed with that. That's not the reason I made this change, though. The reason I made this change is I extended the VAT rate when we were trying to get our hospitality sector, which is a brilliant sector, brilliant. Anybody who can run a restaurant, work in a hotel, it's tough work and they play such a valuable role in our economy. But I brought in the lower VAT rate when I was trying to get our country to recover from COVID, when I was trying to support our hospitality sector. And we're now in a completely different place. Uh, We're trying to deal with a new challenge. And in order to deal with those new challenges, which are countrywide, which affect every business, which affect every citizen, I do have to remove the things I had in place when we were dealing with COVID. And for example, for that restaurant that you mentioned there that's worried about the rising price of energy, they'll be able to go on to the temporary business energy support scheme that you and I discussed a moment ago. And we will help them, but we'll help them in a different way. OK, I know you have to go. Minister Pascal Donoghue, thank you very much for being with us here on The Last Word of Today FM. The Last Word with Matt Cooper. Weekdays from 4.30. Today.